0: Welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. Today, I am joined by D Speed. It's a real name. She's a superhero, and she's also working right now at YouTube D. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you being here.
1: I appreciate being here.
0: I have to thank first and foremost Chris Bedeg from uh, YouTube for setting this up on the podcast. We were talking about you know meeting some folks from YouTube, and uh, he was true to his word, and uh, he's the man, and kind of set this up. So, uh, thank you, Chris. I really appreciate it. On that day, I told him that I was going to try and make him my best friend, and I think so far, we're ma- we've are we made really good progress, and we're we're well on our way. N- next next thing is coming Wait, out to San Francisco. can I get
1: in this friend group, this friend circle? Yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. You're already in. Awesome. You got, you got the stamp of approval already from Chris, so that's good. Sweet. Thanks, Chris. I love San Francisco, too, by the way. I, I talk to my wife all the time. You know, we're from uh, the New York, New Jersey kind of border area, and we love it here. We're going to raise our kids here, but- Uh, one day, as I said before the podcast, I I could see myself living in San Francisco. So
1: I'll happily give you my spot. I am not from the West coast. You're ready to
0: dip. You're right. Give me the inside scoop. San Francisco. Are you staying or going? Do you like it?
1: It's hard for me to say I'm from down South. I'm from born and raised in new Orleans. So anything out here is just a little odd to me. It's beautiful. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It is a stunning city. Yes. Culturally, it's just weird for me. I'm used to like, you know, Mardi Gras and the fact that I can drink in the street.
0: Yeah. And like Drew Brees and all that stuff. That's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you're like not where i was going and all that that's cool so your title at youtube uh director of design for youtube music youtube premium which by the way i think of all the things i use in my day-to-day life uh and this is part of the reason why i think chris made the intro for us as i was talking about i kept bringing up youtube premium uh mm-hmm. it's like one of my, my favorite things that i use and it's fundamentally changed my life in terms of like my, you know, learning and the way I engage, like with entertainment is different now. So I love that. We could totally geek out about that as well. Anytime. Um, uh, tell me about your journey. I know you've worked like everywhere. You worked at Flickr for a while and then uh, Yahoo. I love Flickr to this day. I still use Flickr. So uh, oh, and mm-hmm. then from Google to YouTube and you're crushing the game. How did this all start? How'd you get into it?
1: Um, big secret actually maybe not a big secret if you've ever heard me. Um, tell the truth in public before, I'm self-taught as a designer. Really? I Yeah, I went to school. I was dead set on being a cardio surgeon. I had known since I was four. Um, didn't quite work out that way. I right. went to my first class in med school. And the professor said, hey, how many of you would save the person next to you if they passed out or if they you know, fell out and grabbed their chest? And, of course, you're eager, and you're like, yes, I'm going to save people. I'm going to save the world. And you have all this altruism built up in your body and push right. your hand and shoots up real fast. Yeah. And then he proceeded to say no and explain why due to liability you might not just immediately jump up and help that person. Wow. And so That's the crazy. dream I had of saving people, saving My family, or my father, even who actually did pass away of a heart attack. um, Sorry to hear that. I had to, I had to give that up, just because I was like, I can't help people the way I want to. And so, you know, you call your parents, you tell them, by the way, you know, this Ivy League education that you've been slaving over for me, I'm giving it up. Wow. I'm gonna go back down to the city and get a job and figure it out. And. Two weeks later, um, I was working at an ad agency because I actually had had a double program at the same time, which, which was to be uh, a technical and scientific illustrator. So I came at design oh, wow. through originally actually wanting to draw for Marvel. Like I still do. I would kill to work on some of their characters. But yeah, so I was an illustrator, um, did some work at an ad agency, and then I was planning a trip to the West Coast because I'd never been out to the Bay Area right. ever. I'd actually never been further west than, I think, Chicago. Oh, wow. It was meant to just be like a four-day trip right. to see San Francisco. And uh, two days before the trip, I just decided to say, you know what? Screw it. Gave up my apartment here in New York um, and the, the two jobs that I were, was working and said, I'm, I'm done. I'm gone. I want right. to go for Disney. They didn't know that I wanted to work for them. They had no clue. Right. So it that turned into me hustling to get a job at an agency Um, There in San Francisco. And then two years, no, a year and a half after that, I did end up at Disney. But it turns out that um, Michael Eisner found out I was far better at this Internet thing than he had even supposed and so he needed someone to work on his project called uh, go.com which at the time was when they were starting to buy up like espn ABC, movies.com all that kind of stuff mr showbiz right? and he needed um a bunch of like people who understood the internet and information architecture to figure out how to make it all work in wow. one
0: that's yeah. so crazy too because if you look at what like how and how amazing disney is now and all they've created you were at like the beginning of that you really like kind of that's a trip to think about. That's awesome. It
1: was a lot of education on both sides. Right. I learned a lot about their method for service design, mm-hmm. which was stunning and amazing and has totally influenced my career to this day, um, just about how design details matter, quality matters. Yes. And yeah. And my from first there, boss, I-
0: Ron, worked at, at Disney and he was always kind of talking about that and talking about attention to detail. Was like oh, the, yeah. They, they that, kind of like brainwash you with that, right? you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: That, that d- detail is literally Disney's magic, and I will always credit them for that. They're a huge part of, like, my career and my childhood. Um, cool. After that, um, man, that's when I started really getting into this, oh, we can really make things online better. And I'm talking, dude, I'm old school. I'm talking the days of, like, when people still use Netscape and stuff, right. you know, they cared about that and, you <laughs> know. Mosaic was one of the first browsers out there. No one really knew how any of this stuff worked. Right. So it was the perfect time to learn and grow at the same time. And I just hustled for every single job. And I somehow they kept offering me other jobs.
0: Yeah, I was looking at it and it's pretty crazy. It's just like you were like tenacious and just getting jobs. There's no real gaps and it just kind of, that's awesome. I love that.
1: Some of it too was I just, I did the work a lot of people didn't want to do. I mean, even then, we still had a body of people who they only wanted to work on the big projects. You know, they wanted to be to do the agency work or the stuff that had a lot of shine to it. Right. I didn't care. I just wanted the experience. I wanted to learn how to build everything. Right. A lot of designers at the time were coming to the job like, no, I already know what this should be like. Let me tell you. Yeah. And I did a lot of heavy requirements gathering and talking and negotiating with someone. I asked more questions than I answered, if that right. makes sense. Yeah. So for sure. asking someone like, why, for who, is this gonna work for you in another two or three years? People started to appreciate that and I mm-hmm. think that's what we know of as like sort of design methodology today right. where you do a lot of you know legwork to understand who the end user is. Yes. That benefited me highly and at the same time it was teaching me. Right. So they thought it was up for some you know greater benefit but it really was just so that I could understand what they needed and to be able to translate that into something.
0: Yeah, you could do both, yeah, totally. Yeah. For me, it's almost being like, be more proactive than reactive. Like, you know exactly. what I mean? it's like, if I can figure out what my client's needs are, what the real needs are, that informs me as a designer, I'm able to make such a more informed decision. And it's great because they feel like they're being like, you would think it might be a nuisance to them, but they feel like they're being listened to and, and their needs are being met. And that way, when I have my deliverables, we don't have to go back and forth 15,000 times because yeah. I'm acutely aware of what they're looking to do.
1: Oh yeah, and it it gives you an element of trust that later on, when you do want to push the envelope and do something crazy, you've built up enough trust and equity with them as a partner right. that they're going to trust that what you're whatever you're coming with has been really well thought.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: It could easily be a job you go off and do in isolation, and you just design this thing and come back later and put it in front of people. Right. But you can bring them along through your process yeah. and explain it's so much easier to get your designs accepted. And then it's hard. It's not like something that we're trained to do. No one ever tells you like in design school, explain why you did this or how you did this. The communication part, the soft skills that most people have to learn sadly on the job. Yeah. If we did more of that, like as a community and helped each other out, like critiquing Mm -hmm. without ego, oh my God, you wouldn't tell us shit.
0: Right, exactly
1: you remind me of that debate and i don't even know if the debate is still going on or not but like is art design and is design art and it's like no there there are two different things and they're very different things right for a reason yeah i know a lot of people get caught up in that in their career where they're like i'm a designer and this it's a creative outlet and it's like mm, no design at this level at at certain scale especially the scale at which like we work at, at youtube it's solving the needs of other people. Art, right. I can go off and paint something no one else will ever have to see it, and it's about me, the things I go through, the process. Right? It's a very solitary way to like exercise demons and stuff, right? It's right. it's my ego. Yeah. Design isn't like that. Design's problem solving, so it's very different.
0: Yeah. That's why I love YouTube, honestly. Like, from everything from YouTube TV to YouTube Premium to to the music, I think Google in general, I think what it does is it, it enables like utility. You know what I mean? And and that's like Not and right that's now. so exciting. And that's design with like a, you know, capital D design, if you will, I, think I know that's sometimes, kind of being overstated, but yeah.
1: Sometimes people forget like YouTube's job is to get you to what you want faster. Yes. If we spent more time like building the, the container, the wrapper and put all this design in that, right. it slows down your ability and we're serving a global audience, right? Yeah. It's just seconds or milliseconds to click and give you what you're there for. It's not about us. We yeah. should be invisible. So for those people that have always thought like, wow, YouTube's design really has not changed in years. Oh, it has. It's gone through massive changes. And I love the rebrand. Is-
0: I'm a huge fan of the rebrand. That's how, that's how I met Chris. It was really cool. <laughs> right? that. Yeah. He
1: did an amazing job. Oh my God.
0: All right. So let's talk about what, like what you're doing now. I know that you worked at, at Google before that. And I'm sure it all kind of ties in. So feel yeah. free to, to jump around. What does the average day look like for you? I know there's a couple of different things you're working on. What are you the most excited about? Um, And and why YouTube? Why the switch from Google to YouTube? I mean, it's Google owns YouTube. But why did you specifically go to YouTube?
1: I switched from Google to YouTube um, for two reasons. One, YouTube had always been a goal. Like all of my career from the time I jumped in on the West Coast out at Disney and the agencies I worked with out there uh, all the way up through um, just coming over to Google. YouTube was my brass ring. It was the place I wanted to be because I'd always been entertainment focused. Yeah. I'd always done and, and built music products, whether it was, I don't know, back at Disney and some of the first like Disney radio, online radio, things like that. Like I built a lot of stuff in my time that let me relate because I enjoyed it. Like I love movies. I love music. I love shows. And so it was a natural affinity. Um, the other reason why I came to YouTube was I finally came across um, a VP, a product guy, who trusted my vision? He understood how I worked, and he always basically like let me go and build my teams and run my teams however I w- wanted to. Right. He just trusted. I'm, look- I'm looking but, for
0: that person. I'm looking for that person who believes in uh, me and lets me run. Well, you it. can't take
1: mine, so good luck.
0: <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> oh, no. Is YouTube in New York too or no?
1: Yeah, we. That's actually why I'm here at the moment. Um, we have offices. New York, San Bruno is our headquarters and LA. And then also we have a really large, amazing team that's based out of Zurich, Switzerland. Really? Yeah. YouTube was just something I can identify with. I mean, I've spent a lot of time jumping back and forth, designing like enterprise level things, um, consumer related products, but YouTube is something like, wow, I will be using this for into infinity and, you know, unless something better should ever come along. Good right. luck. Yeah. Good but luck. It's, <laughs> it's just the product that I know and love. And so the opportunity to work on something I care about, much less in the music space, was a dream come true. Mm-hmm. So I it, I it happened quite easily. It was a very, very easy decision to come to YouTube.
0: That's awesome. So like a, a day-to-day, like what does that look like? What's some of the different projects you're working on recently? And then we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, I have to divide up my day because I support uh, and run three different UX teams. I spend a lot of my time in meetings at this weird executive level. Like it's strange to think of design having an executive seat at the table, but we have to, because at that point, business decisions are getting made. Investments are getting made. Right. Um, so that actually does have an impact on what the user experience is. Something I learned really recently was that whether we want to admit it or not, your company's business model is the thing that actually determines how your product works. Yes. That determines the design. Mm-hmm. And so if YouTube is an ad supported business and people have known and loved and used it for the last decade, which they have, there's that. And then there's our diversity to YouTube's business. That's the new subscription services that a lot of people know about. So that's premium, that's music, right. that's TV. Sure. Which I and love,
0: by the way, I strongly recommend. I think they're incredible. I think it's worth every dollar. I think it's reasonably priced for what it is, for the service it provides. You should get it. If you're, if you're still paying for cable, you're crazy. Get YouTube TV.
1: Seriously, and, like, and
0: YouTube Premium, it's worth the investment. The
1: it's it's worth it. TV alone, just because, oh my God, Um I don't have to deal with cable providers. Unlimited and, DVR.
0: I, okay. I, I, I could be the spokesperson for YouTube. TV for, I, honestly, like I should do commercials for them. <laughs> they take it too. <laughs> you know, you know how like it was like the Sprint guy, and now he's like back to Verizon or whatever. Yep. I want to be that for YouTube. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. We take you. I'll,
0: I I want to be the, the flow. Yes, exactly. I'll I'll be like the flow of YouTube. You know what I mean. <laughs> Try. anyway sorry keep going
1: no you're fine
0: <laughs> I told you I was gonna be crazy this is, this is my uh my end of the day weird vibes it's cool though
1: no this is good vibes yeah, I, I mean if, and premiums premiums worth it like if you're one of those people like I do you use YouTube a lot my family uses YouTube a lot having that premium subscription and removing the ads like you don't even realize it may feel like seconds and you might be okay to skip an ad but when those ads are gone yes you get to so much stuff quicker and you
0: watch like an hour like an hour long podcast or watching like a long form thing like you can't watch a three-hour podcast like a joe rogan type podcast or whatever you can't like watch that and then have every like however many minutes it is like with I mean you could but
1: i don't don't have the time time of the day to wait so i I love premium for that
0: time is money you know what i'm saying
1: Right. And then download, like, oh my God, as much as I travel, are you kidding me? Yes. The fact right, that I can, like, download all my stuff before hopping on the plane and just be like, I'm out. Okay, good, great.
0: I almost forgot about that. There's so much utility that you you almost, like, forget about because there's just so much of it, which is really kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, is that kind of like, uh, I would imagine that's a lot to kind of, like, wrangle together, though. Right. Cause I mean, it's all those different. What does it look like on the back end? For some, like, it's my first time. Oh my day God, you're talking about,
1: like, 60 different feature teams. And we've only <laughs> talked about two features. Right. Multiple edge teams, multiple product people that own things. Yeah, it's it's big. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: I, I, that's one of the things I was like in in awe of when I went out to San Francisco was like the size of like just how big these places are. I don't think people understand how many people it takes to, because it's so passive, right? You just pick up your phone. Oh, I got to show you. Have you seen this video? Oh my God! And you just click on the app. You don't even think about it. But behind the scenes, the fact there's like thousands of people working on it. That's just so like crazy to think about.
1: If you take the most familiar surface in youtube which is like the watch page right Mm -hmm. that page that everybody gets to there's the video on the upper left and then there's like all these up next videos on the right there are no less than probably 12 or 13 different teams that contribute to that single page wow really think about it so imagine the collaboration that has to happen between the multiple design teams or even like the engineering teams that all have a stake in that page wow
0: That's crazy to think about
1: it's, it's a hard job. I mean, you, you've got to be the kind of person that's one willing to collaborate and two able to understand all of the the requirements of other people, not just your own.
0: Right. Yeah. Kind of navigating the expectations of that many people. has gotta be kind of tough. I'm sure there are very strict rules about what you can and cannot talk about. But for me, just from like a, you know, a positive standpoint, like for me, I think that, um, the algorithm and like recommended videos, uh, I know that it has fundamentally changed my life and I don't know like what all the semantics are of, of that, how that all works, how much of it is like automation, how much of it is like curated things. But um, within your like, you know, legal, I know you can't speak for like the company or, like the, for the company or whatever, but um, how are some of those decisions made? Can you give me any insight of that or is that kind of like a behind the behind the scenes sort of thing?
1: The, that man behind the curtain, and it's not really a man, it's probably a team of people. It's a combination of man and machine Yeah, I th- hard th- hard. that figure that stuff out. And to be honest, it's, it's always a balancing act. I don't know how they do it. And right. I don't think a lot of people know how they do it. It's just it has to be man and machines. A lot of the inputs come from what we do as users every single day, right. the things that we click on or that we decide we're interested in. Yeah. And then the machines kind of go from there. But I think people have to remember, even with things like AI, they're trained. They're These things are like being, they're growing up with us at the same time. Yeah. So even our own behavior drives it. Think about yeah, way exactly. back in the day and everybody experienced it, right? At Amazon, you primarily buy, I don't know, NFL gear, right? right. Ooh, it's football season. You do go one- Go 49ers.
0: The, you guys are in the Super Bowl. Well, not you guys, but you know, you're neck of the woods.
1: My, my people in the neck of the woods because I'm <laughs> definitely not a Niners fan. No but it's Niners fans, go Niners. I'm a Saints fan, diehard. Okay, cool. uh, but, but you remember back in the day, like you would do, when algorithms were first learning how to do this stuff, like recommendations, you would search for one thing that was slightly off topic on Amazon. Like I think I would search for like- How to repair a Hemi engine in a car. Not for myself, book for a friend who's really into vintage cars. And then all of a sudden, my feed is flooded with this thing. Those were early examples of how, like, the algorithms are still learning, they're still being trained. It's not perfect by any means at all.
0: Yeah. And there's like cookies and stuff on the internet my, my dad like literally like it doesn't understand I, i've tried to explain this to him about like he's like he's like how do they know i was on that thing and now it's i'm like dad like it's all kind of like linked up it's like you're only you're seeing that but he doesn't understand but, <laughs> <laughs> but um well it's, it's, it's so funny because sometimes like i think it's kind of kind of cool people will comment on youtube it's like i didn't i didn't know that i needed this video but thanks youtube it's just like some random video i just think i love like the comment section of youtube too I think that it's like really kind of an interesting uh place and and sometimes it could be a kind of like, you know, like like anything else it, could, it it could be skew kind of bad or skew good, but I just think it's so interesting to read like the comment section and stuff too. I'm a fan of it
1: all, man. I think YouTube has helped more people than than even we're aware of. Every now and then we'll we'll kick off a meeting or something and someone and some team has done an amazing job of saying you Guys, just for a minute, look at what you've done for this person's life. And it's someone who, like, there was this one that really got to me because outside of all this, I'm also an interior designer. Oh, it nice. was a woman who, um,
0: yeah, the, by the way, the, your background right now is clutch. I could tell you were, I, I was like, it's amazing. Like, there's <laughs> curtains and big windows, there's like a cityscape behind you, so nice. Like, oh, mid- no, this is
1: it's New York for sure.
0: Oh, oh good, good. <laughs> gotcha. you got you. You got the mid-century lamps. Oh my god, I love it. Okay, all day. All right, I know, I keep going. Sorry.
1: It's okay. This this woman um, used YouTube to learn how to build a house for her and her children. What? She built her own, like, and she had a lot of kids too. So, you know, she was building a house for like six or seven people. So she obviously had to do multiple bathrooms and stuff. They built their own house. Um, She just kind of like a bad relationship. I think there's just been like a lot of negativity in her life, and she went to YouTube and did that. Then there's like all these crazy stories about people that have like learned languages and expanded their own global footprint. They've they've learned, they've grew, they've. I mean, we get stories all the time about people who maybe their company or clothes that they worked at, they worked at a factory or something for like 20, 30 years. They needed a new skill set. They learned how to do something on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, to some, I good. I learned how to start
0: this podcast on YouTube. I still to this day everything you see that goes out like how do you do this how do you do that it's all on YouTube it's so crazy
1: dude I learned how to like fish a ring out of my garbage disposal on YouTube and I felt (laughs) so proud of myself like I did this and I didn't have to call a guy to do it or a plumber and pay like hundreds of dollars it was fantastic it was amazing
0: oh that's so cool yeah I love it and there's really great and it's it's great because like people are able to like do what they love make money off of it. Uh, I, I just think it's so cool. And I think that there's a, a lot of times people will like, you know, read headlines or like, you know, I'll get a comment like, oh, like another tech company kind of thing. But um, I think that people lose sight of the utility that companies like YouTube and Google that they enable. It's like, because, you know, you could use YouTube to like talk shit in the comment sections, or you could use YouTube to change the world and make it a better place. It's kind of like, you know, don't kill the messenger. You, YouTube is just like the platform. That a lot, that affords you the opportunity it, to do it's that. It's hard you know? to
1: separate that right though from a brand. When you work for a brand that's that popular, it's very easy to blame that brand as, as the thing. But we don't we don't really produce content. All of our content comes from creators worldwide who do a lot of hard work right. to make stuff. Peter pro-
0: McKinnon type characters, people like that. Casey Neistat and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Casey loved that dude. I kinda wanna sneak over to his office. I might do that tomorrow while we're here. I wish I knew him personally. Oh, Casey, hit me up, dude. How are you if you're watching this? Oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah. He's amazing. He's one of my favorite creators.
0: That's definitely one of my. Well, let's talk about this. I've been trying also too, to make sure that I have fun with the podcast too, because I've been really like hell bent on like trying to be like academic and like provide for like people and like for the culture and shit, but also to like have some fun with things. So mm-hmm. that's, let's do this. What are some of your favorite YouTube channels? And then we'll and then we'll go to youtube no YouTube. i
1: can't see that because then i'll offend somebody because i'm sure i'll leave them out okay i really will i mean I, right now because i'm so music oh. focused my favorite youtube channels are the channels of artists right music artists yeah so no offense to like the true video content creators but like man i can't live without like more recently Billie eilish
0: yes i love my, my wife and i are obsessed with her and we were just saying about how great it is that she won she's so talented Oh my god, she brings her on like Howard Stern, which is her and like her brother and oh they're fantastic. Okay, Billie Eilish.
1: Um one of the the absolute like musical loves of my life is her. So obviously she's another Grammy winner, but right. the her, the artist, she had posted a lot of like early versions of her music way, way back to like her volume one album yeah. um, on YouTube. And it, it just it allowed me to be voracious, like I love her. So much. Yeah. And she's fantastic. And it's been amazing to like watch her grow up. And now she's this Grammy wedding artist. But yeah. she's so crazy.
0: I remember actually reading. And I don't know if you want me to share this or not. But in your email, it says that you have uh, Kanye energy and Drake emotions.
1: Kanye attitude. (laughs) Kanye
0: attitude and Drake emotions. I love when I read that, I knew that we would be like best friends just from reading that one thing. Because I feel the same way. Honestly, like this podcast, so much of it came from like me raging out and listening to like Life of Pablo, like up in the oh, morning, yeah. miss you back, sorry, call you back, sing brother, my father, hey. oh a- yo, that is my, <laughs> it was like the rally cry for this podcast, like I love it so much, I'm a big Kanye fan, Drake sometimes, sometimes, but.
1: Not everybody's a Drake stand. it's cool, but I mean, I, I'm so into music based on my, my childhood where I grew up. My dad was a musician, like a studio musician. Wow. Um, so I like people that can talk to me through song lyrics. Yes. Win me over.
0: I know the feeling, like when you feel like you connect with the lyrics so much. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. So anyone that joins my team or any of my teams, I didn't even have to be music related. You need to talk to me through song lyrics, like complete this lyric, and if you can't, um, you might not have a job.
0: Wow. Wait, can I try it? Can you?
1: Can you I- could. All right, let's try. You ready? Because you let me,
0: said you're hip-hop head, so let's
1: see if we can get it. Okay. Engine, engine, number
0: nine. On the New York transit line, if my train my goes off the track. Okay.
1: Pick, pick it up, pick it
0: up, pick it, it, up, up. Pick it I'm up. up. I'm a DJ. I got no, I got that, no, that's like, okay, let's yeah. keep going. I, I'll do like two or three more. I'll see if I can get them.
1: Um, let's see.
0: I'm ready. I feel like I'm, I'm competitive about this shit. Well, my wife and I—we can't play the, the flip game where you put the thing on, like when you put, like with your heads up, whatever it's called. Is that the Ellen game? Yeah, we can't play that. I, I get too competitive about it. Wait,
1: how competitive do you get?
0: <laughs> I'm not not really, but like you know, a little bit. She gets annoyed with me more. Okay, so I'm trying to think if <laughs> if I have another hip hop lyric that you, that I'm ready. I'm standing by.
1: We'll do um, one more. We'll do one more. Okay, let's see. Hold on a second. Let me let me go into my head. Oh, okay, because I'm in I'm I'm in New York. So here's one for you.
0: I love all my New York hip hop
1: the back of the club mac and hose. my crew's behind me mad question asking blunt passing who they attracting
0: with that name what's your number what's your size whatever wait ask me what's your interest uh oh, who you be who you with? be with <laughs> is, uh... yes i love that like I, I am a real like uh new york hip-hop head uh especially from like the era of like um like funk master flex like like wh- Point master flex I could. I used to know, like, I used to sit by the radio and I used to listen to, like, I need a girl part one, I need a girl part two. That's actually how I became a DJ because I would take a cassette and I would, like, rewind it. I would, like, rewind it from the top and hit play again. So you
1: have mad superpowers yourself. Like, hold I, up. This is a design podcast, and we're talking about DJing <laughs> and. You are a boss. I need
0: to get focused though. I need to get focused. I need to get a nice job, a nice cushy job at like Google or Facebook or somewhere. I need to have kids soon. <laughs> I'm having too much fun. That's the problem. You know what I'm saying? Like, but Maybe you
1: need to merge all your interests.
0: That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm like, actually, uh, this is actually a good segue. This is, this is, maybe you can kind of like psychoanalyze where I'm at and maybe this will be valuable for other people. Cause, yeah, what you got? Cause I have like all these things. I recently got like super into like digital illustration. I'm realizing like I'm not the best illustrator, but if you can like, if I could like work with like vectors or like work with Photoshop brushes and smooth it, like I can do some damage because I'm no longer letting like the tools limit me. I know what they do and like the shape builder. So that's interesting. So I have that thing. I have that vision of being that cool designer with beautiful color, you know, colorful Pinterest worthy work. Right. That'd be sick. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of like the dream though. That's the one that's a little bit like, eh, probably not going to happen. DJing is great, but I'm not, I just do weddings and stuff. And and um, I like it and I love music dearly, but I, I don't get excited about DJing like I do about design and I like design and I like tech and everything like that, but but then again, I have no business in tech. Like people would probably see, hear this podcast and they'd be like, "Oh, like okay, he wants to be some like programmer type person." And it's like, no, like n- not at all. But, so I don't know. I have all these skills, and it's like jack of all, jack of all trades, like master of none. But I have like good you have interpersonal a mastery skills. Mastery
1: of pop culture. That, I'm telling you, culture. I have that. And you're also an illustrator. Why are you not thinking about comic books? Or graphic novels.
0: I've been starting to get into that stuff. If you look at my, if you look at my Pinterest activity, which by the way, uh, not nearly enough Pinterest followers. My Pinterest is the shit. It is amazing. No, me, can it. I?
1: Can you tell me? Because I'm always looking for people on Pinterest. Okay.
0: Follow. I just, cha- I just changed my name. I have been pinning so much from people that I actually changed it for Meet the Creatives because I don't want people to get like freaked out and be like, you know, I just, start put, to put it to my name, Rob, because. I, I, I worry about that sometimes on Pinterest. It's like, you know, Rob Johnson saves 73 of your pins. Like, nobody wants to see that.
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> what is a good, healthy amount of, like, followers or even, like, monthly viewers to have on Pinterest?
0: I don't know. I love Pinterest. I'm wondering
1: though. how I'm performing. I, God.
0: I think – I but oh that's – okay, so that's a thing, too. So I have that part of it, too. I like – I love, like, curating things. Mm -hmm. I think actually like a a kind of a dream job for me and people at YouTube music. And you're kind of the person to talk to again, man and machine. I want to be like the man who like makes the playlists in coordination with the machines. Because when I DJ, I actually use the automation to like, to make better connections and things that I wouldn't think about, but it's my initial picks that kind of get that rolling. So
1: people,
0: is that a job? Is that yeah, that, is, that, that is a
1: job. And two people that I, I love to the ends of the universe and back are on that team. You actually um might know them. So like Imagine Doug this Ford. is it
0: right here. Imagine my whole career starts right in this moment. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> it could. I mean You never know. Our head of programming, Doug Ford, is like a musical genius. Yeah. Um I I I love and respect everything that he's ever done because he's been in the industry a long time. Um yeah. he came over from Spotify. And also a lot of people know the name Tuma Bassa. Mm-hmm. Tuma is a great friend and Tuma was the guy that did Rap caviar at Spotify. Yes. But like you said, the platform is like the technical um, delivery mechanism. So it doesn't matter what company you're at the playlist has to be looked at in terms of how it performs, right? Is it so good that we keep songs on there? We take songs off. Where do we find out like how the performance is doing? That's man and machine. Cool. It's man's gut, right? Like man starts and says, I think this would make for a great playlist.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I trust my intuition for that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you, I mean like if people are coming to you naturally, like cultivating asking you for things, yeah. And, or they're, they're depending on you. For your your curation skills, yeah, that is a talent because not everybody can do that.
0: Yeah, but I just don't know how it becomes like a a job because sometimes, like honestly, and I think what's a kind of fun about this podcast is I don't even know if these jobs like exist because people don't really know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Believe
1: it or not, there are UX content strategists. They're people that sit in design like and they think writing. about how the content. <laughs> is strategized in a way to make for a better experience. Yeah, And a lot of that does have, it has to do with things like seeing the whole thing, curating. Right. And if you're coming at it from a place of of interest, like for just a second, think about the fact that as a designer, you design better for the things that you care about and that you're interested in. If you're having to design for like,
0: yeah.
1: I don't know, an app that teaches you how to like wash your clothes, right? you can probably care less. There's no affinity right. for that. And you're just going to do what you have to do to get the job done. Yeah. But if it's like, You are going to be the curator of the world's next biggest playlist. When people see this playlist cover anywhere, like a billboard in Times Square or out, like, I don't know, in L.A., all of a sudden it changes your motivation for what it does and how well it works.
0: Yes. I just want to be – I guess I want to have my talents uh, go towards something that makes me feel fulfilled, and I believe that that's out there. Some people don't think that it is. It's just like, Oh, like you'll go work at this place and a job is a job. But I don't think that's true. I think that there's something out there that I could be wildly happy at. I just need to figure out how to wrangle all my shit together. So yeah. And the, the, people that have,
1: the people that have learned to have the most joy at their jobs are ones that did just that Yeah, they created their own roles. They found a way to merge the things that matter to them in a way that somebody else found valuable. Yeah. I mean, the tech space is, it's still malleable, right? It's not, and that's just tech. Right. This is not talking about like art or design anywhere else. Most industries are still very malleable. Unless you're talking about like, I don't know, banking or I don't know, shipping and logistics or something. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. Well, <laughs> exactly. It's all still really malleable. I wish more people had the courage to try different things. It's
0: weird to be in a position where you don't, you don't know. You don't, yeah, I, I don't feel like I've like uh, landed yet if that makes any sense.
1: I think your position's a good one to be in. I mean, I've been frustrated with the, this, this industry, like this, the sort of tech design industry for a long time, because we've started getting very homogenous and, and repetitive in and yeah. the type of people we hire, the skills we're looking for. Right. There are swaths of people globally that have come at this um, this this potential to be in a profession just because they're creative, right. but we're not hiring them. We want cookie cutter people. And it's like, yes, honestly, if these companies want to be around for another ten years, they need to explore other avenues of creativity, not just okay, because you went to this school and you went to do this design program and you right. learned this preach, specific preach it.
0: This is like why I made this podcast. I swear to God.
1: I think there's there's a lot more room at the the table because like said, I'm trying to have a barbecue to which, of course, you are invited. A but I think there's a lot more for. Oh yeah, <laughs> just because we're down with hip hop, we're good. You're invited yes. to all barbecues. You might even have to get up on the turntables.
0: I will uh, listen. If you, is it going to be in San Francisco?
1: No, we're going to take it back down south to New Orleans.
0: Oh, yo, I'll come through. Come by on, the, through. are you a Theo Vaughn fan? By the way, the comedian Theo Vaughn? He's from uh, New Orleans.
1: Yes, sir. You are. Yes, sir.
0: He's actually made me really excited about going to. Uh, to new orleans i have to go i'm coming to the barbecue i'll, can, I'll dj I'm, for free i'll give you,
1: me my address you can come into right the house
0: okay i'm excited uh you know you made some pretty significant jumps in your career yeah. and that level up moment how do you get on the radar of google you know youtube wherever
1: there's What's i the mean there's the stuff that it? you you have to do for yourself right like you know be really good technically know the tools research what the tools are of like what those teams are using in that company. If you're targeting a specific company, right? Right. Like, and it's all like on now, YouTube. If you, you want to
0: look it up, you just go on YouTube and look it up pretty yeah. much free plug.
1: Yeah. What are it, the latest tools like sketch Figma? What are, what are the things that people are using? What are they, what are the requirements of the job? Right. There's that. So just be technically good. Table stakes. A lot of people get flowed down, right. By the, by the technical ability of, can they use these tools to do the design work? Then it's be like,
0: smarter than the tools. We say that in the firehouse. I'm also in the firehouse. You what?
1: Know. You're everywhere, dude. I'm everywhere. Why do I work for you? What is up with that?
0: Yeah, you know, we'll come up with something. I'm <laughs> cool. no reasonable. That's cool. Um
1: the next thing you do is honestly what I love doing myself and I hope other people um would love to do it as well, is reach out to people that are already established at those companies. Like I do get a lot of designers that'll, you know, ping me through LinkedIn or someplace and they'll say, Hey, um, not necessarily looking for a job right now, but can you look at my work and give me some feedback? Happily, we'll do that. If that will help you get to a point where you can take critique, where you can um, look at your designs objectively, I'll ask you a bunch of questions and if you can explain it to me, you might be ready to go. And then now that I know your work, In that example, you've got someone on the inside that could also possibly vouch for you. You could send a resume in through them and say, you know, if you think I meet the hiring bar, can you pass me along to the right people? And now you've become a referral. You know, if they're not there yet, let them know and help them, tell them how to be better at their craft. Because somebody's eventually got to replace the people like me, right? Like I'm not going to be here forever. I want to know. you 21, it. 22,
0: right? Something like that.
1: <laughs> you wish.
0: I'm 40. <laughs> I, I was going to say like you. 23. That was, was my guess, but it's okay. Oh, you're so sweet. That's I awesome. think it would be so cool. You know, but, uh, Sorry, I know I'm ADD all over the place. But when I was a little kid, I actually came to it in a weird way. Like I said, with the, with the cassettes. And then my parents bought me turntables. It would be the coolest thing ever. If I ended up like doing that, you actually have really have my gears going on this. I think I need to do, do what I'm good at. Just do what I'm comfortable. I just need to find out what the fuck it's called and get my resume together and apply for it. Yeah. The kid with the podcast about getting the job. Who's too afraid to get the job. It's just like poetry, man. It's fucking crazy. You, you know what I mean? I Cause listen. everyone's scared. Everyone's really scared.
1: Yeah. But you they never know who's listening. There might be somebody out there right now. Who's like, yeah, I wish I could find somebody that like had DJ skills because they know how to control the crowd. But right, right, like, right. Like,
0: I might be the DJ not- at the Rock Nation brunch, you know what I'm saying? I'll be out there. Last night, couldn't even get an answer. Hey. And I'll play like... I mean,
1: if you can make B, like, you know, shake <laughs> hers, I think you won. Yeah.
0: Well, you know what's cool is that I actually interviewed uh, Dunny West, who works on uh, Diddy's team. He's on, like, there For Sirac and for everything and all the different stuff. I think... Now he does a consulting wise, but he's, I was like, what's the, like, what's the, what's the thing? It's like the name of the game is your ability to, to treat people at that level, to be able to treat them like you would treat your friends with like unconditional love and normalcy. And just know that no matter what happens, that like, you'll be able to handle yourself and you'll be able to be yourself. And like the second that they can sniff out that you're not being yourself, you're out, you're done. And they don't and people won't want to work with you. He's like, being yourself is the biggest fucking unlock. So. Yeah,
1: it's, that has saved me in this very job is just being able to just be me, especially around artists. Like, like I said, I meet artists all the time that I have an amazing amount of respect for or like absolutely love. I mean, I'm talking like hip hop great. It's like, yeah. A couple weeks ago, I was in Atlanta at an event we hosted. It was called the Leaders and Legends Ball, and there were two people – that i was there to see one was saint john because oh, i'm absolutely obsessed yes. with him he's amazing the right. other one was eric sermon who was you know one half of epmd yeah. from back in the day and it's like hey eric sermon and i saw so him and music I was, that's my favorite
0: Christ. sample my i favorite watched sample. my
1: shit and like started to cry and he was like yo are you okay and i'm like of everybody in this room and we're talking about everybody from like T.I., Jermaine Dupree, you know, everybody that you could think of who's right. hit in hip-hop in Atlanta. Huge names. Right. He's the only man in that room who I know every lyric he's ever written by heart. Wow. Everything he's ever spit, I have. I Wait, what's
0: the name I, of that throwback that he used to do that was, like, the big radio hit? There was that one that, just like
1: music. Oh, yeah, the Marvin Gaye remix.
0: That was so hot. I love that one. And then there's that other one. Hold on. I'm pull it up right now. Eric Sermon. I used to always DJ this song. Oh, unforgettable! Uh with Red, with Red Man. Oh, God, yeah. Whatever she said, that I'm that. And this here. Oh, I love that shit. There's a couple good songs on here. I need to get more into Eric Sermon. I've been meaning to do that. And now that you're such a fan,
1: I mean, he's amazing. At React, was it the one he did with Red Man? Yeah. <laughs> he a bunch of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was actually one of the first vinyls I ever had. My parents bought me, uh, like, turntables. And there was a spot. and used to go buy the single and react. I think that's was like awesome. the third record I ever had. I'm showing wow. how young I am here though. But.
1: <laughs> no, it's, it's cool. But I'm just saying like, it's back to your point though. Like
0: we're going to chop this all up. Don't worry. I'm gonna no, make sure it's, it's cool. You
1: have to be human when you meet these folks. Like you, if you fan out and it's just a moment where you're like, Oh my God, can I take a selfie with you for the gram? Right. There's, there's nothing, there's no connection there, but to tell someone like, or to ask a question, like, you know, why did you write this particular lyric like yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. What does it mean for somebody like Eric Sermon to remix? Marvin Gaye, like he's, Marvin Gaye should does be on You know, with Michael Jackson and yeah. the Beatles, there's just some people that you don't touch. Right. But he did and he destroyed it. And it was the best.
0: It was amazing. Yeah, for sure. Right? Like I get that, so mad when, when, like, these so like, club heads put, like, Marvin Gaye. Like, you'll be on, like, a cruise ship, and they'll be, like, sampling Marvin Gaye over some, like, terrible techno beat. Like, that's an atrocity. But what he did was, like, took it and made it better. Same it thing. was true to form. You know what's another great sample that I love from, like, that era is, uh, is Takeover with Jay-Z. When he oh. did that, go nowhere and we take it over. Because I love the Doors, and I love the uh-huh. way it was a ruthless track. Damn, these destroyed Nas's career. No disrespect to Nas, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> real talk though, I think that no, that's like talk. that's real the talk. best diss track of all time, probably. I mean, it, it, that literally like knocked him off. Like it was so crazy. Anyway, I think what I need to do, in closing, I think what I need to do is that I need to just get close to the sun for a while, just like. Get around people and allow these kind of nuanced conversations like I'm having tonight with you, which has been amazing, by the way. Thank you. But we got to do this again, even if it's going to be best friends. I keep saying that. I made and I, I just met uh, Sean Lyons from RGA today. I, I've been making uh, friends in big and high places. It's, it's exciting. But it's so funny. Like, I don't even care about that. People are like, are you nervous talking to them? It's like, no, they're normal.
1: Just people, just people.
0: people. And I think that's what I'm really trying to get across in this podcast this year is that. You're just a person, Yeah. both just two people. Yep. And the only difference is it's like more time compounding on the clock. Like that's it. It's like every day counts whether or not you decide to wake up and like watch Netflix and binge and do that all day. And that's the path you choose. Or you watch a YouTube video and you learn something. Just because you stay up to like 3 a.m., like once or twice a week, doesn't mean that that's not like hustle. Like hustle is like the compounding of like every day, day in and day out. Like you're auditing what you're doing and you're taking stock and taking inventory of your life and you're working towards a goal or at least like in a certain direction. And I feel like too many kids are like, well, like I tried really hard for like two weeks and it didn't work out. So fuck that shit. Like it's just like pressure and time, pressure and time. Yeah. This podcast sucked for so long. Yeah. Did you have that?
1: More people need to be like, committed to their dreams not their comfort zones
0: people think that i'm like i'm crazy when i talk about my dreams like when i go to the firehouse and i talk about my dreams they're they're just like they're like this is like self-serving i'm like no like if this works out this is going to be a dream come true
1: but like, it's not at all the settling. stuff you're absorbing through this whole process yeah like you you're you're giving in the same way that you're getting it's amazing i my never own, know I who my a master's program you.
0: you know what i'm saying it's i i like I got my master's degree from the school of Meet the Creatives. You know, I did it. Hip hop will
1: tell you some people got their master's degree from the School of Life and the School of Hard Knocks.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I definitely got the hard knocks part too recently. That's that's something new that I've added to it. Over the (laughs) last couple of years I've I've gotten a little bit of, you know, a little bit of trauma in my life. You know, I'm starting to feel like a real adult these days. It's good. So Oh,
1: adulting is hard. Adulting sucks. I know. And they never warn you that it's coming. I mean you kinda know it's coming, but yeah
0: i think the first time you like have to get a credit card and move back into your parents and then it just kind of starts from there and just progressively <clears throat> gets worse until you eventually get tired of it and get your shit together that's been my experience <laughs> sorry i'm like so oversharing today no
1: it's i'm sitting here like and it's a vibe it's, it's it's absolute truth
0: yes we became best friends i i could i say something in, and without hurting anyone's feelings i think that i like you like like a smidge more than Chris. Like I like I like Chris 100%. I like you 101%. Oh, Chris has better
1: tattoos though. I mean, I'm getting He's
0: there. got tattoos. I got to see him now. See it. This is why I need to come and hang out with you guys. Next time you're yeah. both in New York, we should all get – does that happen? Do you guys fly back and forth a lot?
1: Do you fly okay. past each other in planes? No. I mean we – sometimes we actually get to sit in hop tubs on rooftop pools in Switzerland and hang out together and talk about Rolexes. And I get to like perv on his <sighs> tattoos cause he's just so dope.
0: That's so crazy. I need to get that, that the YouTube bag. I need to get the the Google. I think it's time. I think, I think I've talked to enough people. I have like 17 cosigns. I feel like my work is finally actually there. I don't feel like I'm a fraud anymore.
1: We'll I think you need to get that bag, babe. Get that bag. Time, the bag. You know what
0: I'm saying? We, imagine how happy my mom would be. Like if I got like, if I was, like, well-paid and she could tell her friends at work that I worked at YouTube and I had a baby and that baby was cute and I got nice photography skills so I could do it. It's, it's what else good. do you need?
1: What else would she need at that point? She'd be like, you know what? Let me tell you about my son.
0: That's probably when I drop it on her then move into the Bay Area for a couple of years just to go lead things or something. I don't know.
1: Unless you want to commute, like, you know, up to the city A couple thousand here in New York. York.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like the city. I, I tell you, though, like being at home is nice, but I think that I, it'd be good. What's like the YouTube New York office is like? Do you like them? Are they cool?
1: It's the best office. Yeah. Out of I mean, all that's the, 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 that's all the Googles, office where I've like,
0: been to Google Creative Lab and stuff, but-
1: It's amazing. We're in Chelsea Market, right, as a location, which is already fire. Number one tacos <laughs> right downstairs. All day. All day. Give me them Chicken Street tacos and throw in some yes. extra guacamole, please. yes. You gotta get like seven of those when you go there. They're the best. I'm going later tonight. Don't play.
0: When people when people when people close. come to uh, come to New York, it's actually one of the places I take them to because because it, it's nice because it's like you're giving them like not an authentic New York experience, but it's it's like you know like my relatives come, we
1: start. It's dense though, right? And it gives you a lot of variety in a really tight space. This is the so trip. I, I go from the Penn Station
0: and I go down by like the VaynerMedia, like Ten Hudson Yards area, and I walk from there. On the high line, you walk all the way down and then you go to, um, you get the tacos and then the park is nice too. You ever go to the park, that bar there that's like kind of tucked underneath the high line. It's really cozy. Oh, it's so cozy. It's like ridiculous. It's kind of got this like mad men type vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. All right. Well, we're going to Skype like all the time from now on. Next time. Just seriously,
1: ping me. Like we are going to talk.
0: This has been the best episode ever, I think. I say that all the time, but I really—I think it just gets better and better because I get more and more real. So the, you know what I'm saying. So if I could redo some of the conversations I did before, where I was trying to be all like poignant and measured, I think I'd have. But just I don't be know. you,
1: be you. That's what everybody wants.
0: Yes, I know. It's been a crazy. It's been it's been weird a couple months because I'm like learning and growing and moving and just too much. I'm too much like uh, in transit. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't like that. After I, I like. Like not stability, I don't want to be bored, but I want to be like, you know, know where I'm going. And it's cool to not know that. I feel like when I have a ba- when I have a kid, I feel like I'm going to be so angry at myself for this time for not capitalizing on it more. I think about that. No, all the time. You're, you're
1: actually going to be appreciative of it because when the same thing happens to your kid when they're older, you can empathize.
0: Yes. It's a pretty awesome experience to be like at my age and like, you know, have some options. I think it's good, but it's just scary because it just feels like, you know, you wake up and you're like, what am I doing? I don't know. Do you feel that way sometimes? Even when you like secure and lock it down? Even Every day, I
1: still don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I'm a mom. I don't don't know what I'm doing. And I am just trying to like, like everybody, I think. It, It takes, I think, having a kid to even appreciate your own parents. Like I cried for days and all that would come out of my mouth to my mother was thank you. Thank you yeah. for having me. Everyone thank keeps telling you for me that's to I'm so
0: excited for that.
1: Thank you for all the shit that you suffered on my behalf. Oh,
0: wow, like, that's crazy.
1: That that's like, she's, my, she's my queen. She's my queen for that that's reason. crazy.
0: Did it feel like you were kind of like tripping a little bit? Like you had like an endorphin rush? Like, what does that feel like?
1: Because people was... say that
0: when you have kids, it's like there's this weird like fog.
1: I mean, I don't know about you. It was, it was different for me for sure being the female that had to go through like. 10 months or whatever the the long time frame is and when you're actually your body's changing on you, you you're out of control you have no control over what your body's doing and then you meet this person that's gonna be dependent on you for who knows how long and they're beautiful and they're yeah, I amazing look like you a little and bit fragile shit. right Damn. and it's just like oh shit I made that so like huh. when people would used to say like what was your most creative thing back in the day in the early design days? I'd put up like some cool, hey, look, here's a snapshot of like all my photography that Apple licensed from me for the series of iPhones and all their hardware, blah blah blah. And then now that picture the coolest thing I ever did is my kid.
0: Right. That's cool. Yeah, sometimes I feel selfish. Sometimes I'm a little I'm a little bit jealous of my friends actually who have kids because I feel like they have like purpose and direction and I sometimes don't have that. But I think when, when my kid is born and I'm kind of this mellowed out, cultured 30 year old with a good job and like, I'll be glad that I took that extra time. It's just right now, it feels wrong. You know what I mean? But then all my friends like, don't have that's
1: kids. that's natural because at some point you're gonna wanna instill in your kid the ability to to say it's okay to chase your dreams and it's okay to not have it figured out. And like I said, you have empathy now for what that's like. I would if I was going to a job every single day and I hated it and I was right. doing it just to make money. Trust me that my kid would see that in my face every day when I got home. But yeah. what my kid sees is, sure, it took me a lot longer than most people to figure it out and end up where I wanted, but I come home happy. Right. Very different life for him.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't like right now. I'm still a little bit like, still a little bit angry. I still like don't have full control of my emotions sometimes. I still, like, I'm growing up. I feel myself becoming a man, but I don't feel like I'm there yet. And I feel like it'll be such a better life for my kid that I could provide if if I had my shit together. You are my new therapist, by the way. I'm just going to pay you.
1: Anytime. Any time. And, and please remember, again, the biggest part of our session will always start with, you don't have to believe, should I say? Right. It's got to feel right for you.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, you're going to come on the podcast 19 more times. We might even start a show together. Who the fuck Anytime. knows?
1: Anytime.
0: Uh, DSpeed. Still can't believe that's your real name, uh, but it is. So uh, where can people find you online?
1: Sadly, the only place you can find me online is Instagram. Just literally search DSpeed. I'm the first one that will come up in the list.
0: Did you get tired of dealing with your family's crap on Facebook? What happened? How? Did, how where, where did Facebook go wrong?
1: Oh, Facebook was just disappointing to me because it wasn't <laughs> – it, it wasn't what it was sold to me as like I was gonna find all these new people what I found were old stalkerish boyfriends from high school that found out that you know I left yeah. New York or
0: oh my god that's amazing so all right that's it we're best friends now this happened
1: right. I want to talk to you again soon yes be life
0: okay you're gonna, and you're gonna help me get my shit together and I'm gonna go with the YouTube tag hell yeah okay do
1: you think hey, I can do it music and let me know what you think do you think I could
0: do
1: it I think you could okay
0: Alright, I'll make sure I send it off. This is <laughs> so much. Bye, Rob. Bye. Bye.